Welcome to the Interop, the show that talks about the economic networks which make up the interchain. I'm Sebastien Couture, and today I'm very excited to have with me three guests. Uh, we have Alex, Vasily, and Spade from uh, P2P Validator. They're, of course, the team behind uh, lots of great products, and one of one of the, those products that they've been a core contributor to is Lido. And recently, uh, their team made a proposal on the Cosmos Hub to fund Neutron, uh, which is going to be like a whole smart contract and DeFi platform um, leveraging interchain security. And today we're going to talk all about that, understand what it is, how it works, and some of the technical bits uh, behind this project. Uh, before we get into that, though, before we talk about that today, I do want to tell you a little bit about Nebular Summit, which is coming to Paris on July 22nd. Nebular Summit is all about celebrating the Cosmos Interchain ecosystem. You can join Cosmos ecosystem developers, researchers, and entrepreneurs as they discuss the challenges facing the Interchain and understanding what's coming to the Interchain, what's the future of the Interchain. Um, the tickets are sold out, but you can join the wait list at nebular.paris. Hopefully, some of those tickets will open up. And uh, the conference will be live streamed on the Nebular Summit uh, YouTube channel, which will be here in the show notes. And of course, this conference wouldn't be possible without our amazing sponsors, Evmos, Enoma, Club, Celestia, Stakefish, Chainflow, Citadel One, and Neutron. So yeah, thanks for being on, guys, and thanks uh, for supporting the conference. Uh, it's really great to have you and be, have you be part of the conference. So um, as we get started here, you know, let's maybe get a little bit of background on, on P2P for those who are not familiar with it. What is P2P Validator and what have you guys been up to over the last couple of years? What's your, and, and I think like, you know, what, what is the contribution that you've made to the Cosmos ecosystem? I think as well, it would be interesting to people here on the channel. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so P2P is uh, Cosmos OG. Uh, we were in Game of Stakes. Uh, one of the winners actually staked uh, Cosmos on Cosmos, like were validated on Cosmos Hub from the very beginning. I wasn't with P2P yet. Uh, I joined uh, February 2020. Um, I'm uh, also for a long time uh, connected with Cosmos in some way. I uh, uh, like my first uh, blockchain geek starting like circa 2018 or something was uh, a, a failed startup that uh, did an NFT marketplace for Cosmos that like didn't take off because there were no NFT on Cosmos this at this time. We were hoping for uh ibc to come far faster than it actually did um so uh we were validating cosmos hub from the very beginning we won game of stakes we were one of the winners of the game of zones and uh, uh yeah I, like we 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 did back in the day uh like participation participating governance did back in the day a dashboard for cosmos users that uh, for cosmos stakers that showed the like the economics uh for for staking uh and indexer stuff like this um uh, i think that's more or less it and i think uh, we will date about um, 14 uh, networks in cosmos and i think we are big participation in cosmos ecosystem 
Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, you guys, you guys are, are definitely one of the you know top validators on many Cosmos chains, uh, including including the Cosmos Hub. Um, but before we go into to Neutron, maybe just a small segue here. You know, what's been your contribution to to Lido, and you know, what what is Lido for those who are perhaps not familiar, um, who you know aren't so much on on the Ethereum side, uh, and uh, what has been your contribution to that project? Yeah, Lido was incubated in P2P, and it uh, uh, it's a separate uh, DAO right now. It's not uh, it's not part of P2P. It's not development P2P. The, it, it it has a whole uh, big team of contributors, uh, and uh, is a separate organization right now. I'm a co-founder of Lido. I'm like do a lot of stuff there right now. Uh, uh, as I'm also a P2P uh, CTO, so her and two hats right now, uh, big ones. <laughs> so, um, uh, Lido is building liquid staking for basically everything that is worth staking, and it's the biggest on Ethereum right now, where we run about five billion dollars of uh, stake. Uh, but we also uh, run on uh, Solana. Uh, Summer Polkadot Polygon uh, used to run on Terra as well, um, but uh, uh, have shut down since. So, when I yeah, joined, yeah, I can explain my vision. Uh, when I joined to P2P, it was a very difficult question for me. Um, what does it mean, LIDAR and P2P? And, uh, Every interview, I uh, use uh, some metaphor about franchisee. Uh, we are as a franchisee for LIDAR on Solana and Cosmos ecosystem. Okay, that, yeah, that's an interesting analogy. Uh, I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, so those who are interested in um, learning more about LIDAR, you know, we did an episode with you, Vasily, on Epicenter. Uh, you know, folks should definitely check that out. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd like to get to the you know to the heart of why we're here, and that's to talk about Neutron um, and the proposal that you guys made uh, on the Cosmos Hub uh, a couple of weeks ago that passed uh, pretty you know pretty easily, I'd say. Um, so, what's the vision here for Neutron, and like, what are you guys trying to build? Well, so I think the there's a way to sum it up in one sentence, which is we're trying to build the best platform for smart contract developers um, on Cosmos. And to achieve this, like we basically broke down what um, smart contract platforms um, can have in terms of features. And we tried to find the best combinations that would provide the easiest deployment, the more like the the, the most use cases to developers launching on Neutron, as well as the best security. And so we found out that we believe permissionless interchain secured Cosm Wasm platform with full ABC support, including interchain accounts and interchain queries, which we can talk about more later perhaps, um, is the best combination, combination to make this work basically. I think that's, uh, that's where uh, Neutron comes from and that's where it's going as well. Yeah, I, I think more I can add more detail about uh, story because our team uh, has been working on liquid staking uh, on Cosmos, and uh, we have a big uh, question about where we uh, can launch. And I think you remember proposal sixty nine. Um, 
it's had to add ability to launch a smart contract on Cosmos Hub, but it was rejected and we um, could, uh, but I think we found a new solution. We uh, had uh, thoughts about a new zone and our zone, our, our, our thoughts, uh, um, like as uh, Cosmos governance uh, thoughts, because uh, we found uh, Jelena post in forum and uh, we said it's certain what we want. And now we have uh, um, a team which built Neutron. Yeah, and I think the main difference here in Visions is that you know Proposal 69 wanted to put Cosmwasm on the hub, whereas Neutron is, uh, is going to be a, a separate zone, but secured by interchain security. Um, what, you know, like this, this is a, it's a pretty subtle distinction um, when you think about it, because like the end result will be sort of the same, right? You'll still be able to like deploy smart contracts that are secured by interchain security and, and, and Neutron you know, will likely be very closely tied to the hub. Um, why do you think that the community didn't accept the proposal 69, but did, uh, you know, put their, their weight and their support behind the proposal to fund uh, neutron. But I, think well, I mean, I think. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, but I think it's very, very different proposal because uh, proposal 69. It is proposal which uh, uh, suggests to include uh, Cosmovasm on Cosmos Hub, and uh, proposal 672. It is proposal when we built a separate zone which included uh, Cosmovasm. It's a very different story. Because in our case, in this proposal, uh, we didn't anything. We don't uh, add anything to Cosm Hub. Yeah, exactly. That's probably the main difference. Is that, um, like, the idea of Prop Seventy Nine was to give um, the Cosmos Hub more utility with Cosmosm to make sure that it um, that it can remain the main hub at the center of Cosmos. But the way it was attempting to give it additional utility was something that was um, discussed in the community as going against um, hub minimalism. It is true that um, Cosmosm seems to create some degree of instability um, on the chains it is um, enabled on. So uh, one one of example of of such instabilities is you get some blippies in the uh, in the like uh, block production of validators. And it looks like it's using more memory as well. And so, like, because it goes against something that is perhaps one of the core values of uh, the Cosmos Hub, minimalism, not doing anything that is um, not um, required in, in, in order to make sure that the hub stays as stable as possible and that we're not introducing new attack vectors. Um, Cosm, like, the Proposal 69 went against this um, in, in in quite a direct way, whereas Proposal 72 is elegant in that it's isolating the risks from the Cosmos Hub, uh, from Neutron and the Cosmos Hub, meaning that, for example, if Cosmosm uh, on Neutron encountered a fatal error for any reason, um, the Cosmos Hub would not stop produce blocks. It would not blip an eye. What would go down is the node um, that is securing Neutron, not the one that is securing the Cosmos Hub. So what it does is it allows the Cosmos Hub to have 
value accrual and additional utility as a interchain secu like security provider, but it um, preserves the security and stability of the hub. And so it kind of resolves the, the, the dilemma that Proposal 69 fell victim to, basically. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm, I agree with with your uh, with your statement that it's it's elegant and it you know it, it reduces attack vectors and it sort of keeps um, it sort of keeps minimal functionality on the Cosmos Hub. I mean, maybe we can come back to this a bit later because I do want to talk about like the utility of the Cosmos Hub because I think this is something that a lot of people have been you know discussing and like trying to find. And you know, maybe Proposal sixty nine was a little bit of like you know trying to bring some amount of utility to to the hub maybe like not in the right way um but yeah we, we can talk about that perhaps later because i, I want to focus a little bit more on neutron for now um you know in your proposal you 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 use this word consumer chain uh i believe as a term that was used you know thinking about it, it and it's interesting like thinking about thinking about it from sort of a product perspective right like the Neutron as like a, a developer product or like a product that is meant to serve certain types of use cases or applications. Um, you know, from your perspective, what is what is the product, uh, uh, the, the Neutron product is, and who are you targeting with those products specifically? Is there like a specific type of developer or a specific type of, you know, like uh, corporate entity or companies that you would like to see build applications here. I have like my own idea about what this could be and what would be interesting here, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, but I think um, Neutron is very, very unique product uh, for everyone in general. Uh, but uh, now we don't have a zone or a platform uh, without um, ex without certain object because uh, for example we have a uh, quicksilver zone for liquid staking on quicksilver but neutron it is a permissionless a smart contract platform uh, with, um, which included interchain security um, interchain account and uh, using cosmosm it is a unique product uh, we don't have a, a, another certain product like as a neutron and if you want to uh, launch uh, any smart contract on cosmos you can use neutron because it's very safety. It's uh, I think it will, will have a very very good performance, and I think in general it is for all people who want to um, launch any smart contract in uh, the Cosmos ecosystem, which use uh, interchain security. Um, it is way to save your product under um, economic attack, for example, and you can use interchain account. I think it's more. Uh, comfortable, more convenient, uh, um, I, and I think it's a new user experience for manage your account in Cosmos ecosystem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, as Alex mentioned, sorry for, for interrupting you, um, yeah. but I, I will. Um, so as Alex mentioned, like we're building a product that is designed to the needs of every smart contract developers. So in this. It is kind of, if you think about it as a product, it's designed to fill the needs of developers to give them the most security and versatility in making their protocols uh, the best products they can. Um, now, what that means is that we're giving the tools to developers to produce better UX, which means that Neutron is also something that we intend to improve the lives of every user in the interchain, basically, because um, we're 
we see Neutron as kind of like this extremely well-connected hub in the interchain. And with ICA and with Neutron being both a host and a controller, that means that you could, for example, um, have all of your activities on Neutron and then uh, interact with protocols that are on the other side of the interchain using IBC, ICA, and ICQs. Um, or you could have the reverse. For example, you could be on a very different chain where you feel home or where you like the community and the projects that are being developed, but still want to use some of the services that are available on Neutron, most of which we think will be um, or like interchain oriented. And so with um, the focus on IBC technology, including ICA, you can actually control accounts on Neutron from a remote zone, as long as uh, interchain accounts is um, enabled there, like the controller functionality is enabled there as well. So that means mm -hmm. that the services that will be provided on Neutron will be available to all of these other chains which have controller um, cap capability in the interchain. Uh, I just wanted to point one thing out as well is that we didn't make the proposal actually. Um, we were on, on on the contrary. We were like we didn't know that it was going to be proposed. Um, it was made by Yelena from uh, Informal Link. So we're not the authors of the proposal. Simply we saw it on the forums as any other Cosmos users. Um, at P2P we do our diligence on the governance quite a bit because we are active in uh, governance. And so we regularly check the forums, saw the proposals, and we thought that it actually fit our vision for Neutron pretty well. And so we just um, started a conversation with Yelena and the other um, stakeholders of the multi-sig. So Yelena, Jack Templin, um, Zaki Manian, and David Fayok. And we came to the conclusion together that Neutron was a great fit for the, taking interchain security to market. And that is how the version two of this proposal came to be, which is where uh, Neutron and P2P are named in the proposal and which is the one that was voted on and recently accepted. Um, so yeah, just wanted to clarify, we're not the actual authors. We didn't pen right, the proposal. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, no, no. I, I guess like my, I, my question, and this kind of relates to what, what I have down here on the screen um, from, from one of the people in the live stream was asking, you know, what's the difference between Neutron Juno and Terra 2.0. And you know, considering that Juno and Terra 2.0 could, um, you know, could potentially enable uh, interchain accounts and interchain queries um, and have a, 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 a product that competes nearly feature for feature uh, with, uh, with Neutron, um, you know, then there's the aspect of security, of course, that, you know, one can't uh, neglect, you know, like, the Cosmos Hub has the strongest security in in the interchain at the moment, um, and likely I think that will remain the case for some time. But you know, looking at it from a developer perspective, are, are we looking? Are we just looking at like differences in execution here, or you know, are there you know, give give you know, given a, a future where Juno and Terra also add these other features, what what is the unfair advantage that neutron then has over these other platforms because like it really comes down to that right like you know ethereum is so big today because it has this network effect and it was able to you know bring in developers super early i mean like when there was no, no other game in town essentially um now we're in a different space space where lots of different blockchains are competing for uh, for developer attention, so whether it's Ethereum or Solana or like, you know, the Avax ecosystem or uh, Polkadot or, you know, Cosmos and whatever. And, and within Cosmos itself, there, you know, there are all these competing chains. So like, 
what gives Neutron, you think, the unfair advantage to you know, really sick, stand out um, as, a, as a platform? I think there's many parts to this question, actually. It's, uh, in a way, it's worth its own episode to discuss. But so, as you said, there's, there are um, features and advantages that Neutron uh, will have at launch that might, um, that competitors like other um, platforms may catch up to fairly quickly for some as well. Um, but um, we still think that like at this point in time, having this combination um, ready is a good way to bootstrap Neutron. It doesn't mean that it's the end goal either. Uh, we're working on very um, ambitious projects. Perhaps we'll um, talk about that more later. Um, but first, interchain security currently is a big deal and is likely to remain for a while. Um, other platforms usually have their own uh, validator set. And I think transitioning from um, having your own validator set to being fully interchain secured because the, the release of interchain security, the first one, will not allow you to actually have kind of a mix between interchain security and your own validator set. So transitioning to interchain security kind of means you're going to be firing um, some of the most engaged stakeholders of your network. So I, I think this is something that is um, that is possible, but is also very hard to achieve. Um, and so I don't see the existing platforms, at least, moving to uh, interchain security uh, in the close future. Um, and then there's also considerations pertaining to um, the communities. Like each of these platforms have very um, very strong identities. Terra has a very strong um, identity and history. It has kind of like recoalesced around um, the 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 myth of surviving the crash, basically, because this is something that has been like very strong for everyone uh, involved. And so it has a very distinct identity, but it also has a certain reputation. Um, same thing goes for Juno, like the Juno community is unique in a way. And so some developers might uh, prefer those networks because they feel in tune with that community. Um, Neutron is um, aiming for neutrality. And so it's kind of um, aiming at having a community that is um, welcoming to every protocol, but because we're still building it and it's not live and it doesn't have um, such a strong community yet, in a way, it uh, leaves a lot of rooms, a lot of room, sorry, for developers to come in and start, um, you know, working on these values, working on um, what the Neutron community is going to become. So that's one thing. And then the last thing, which I, I think is perhaps the most um, solid argument there, is interchain queries. Interchain queries are actually not that easy to implement, especially if you're going for something that is uh, somewhat versatile and easy to use for smart contract developers. Because what we've seen so far is most um, most implementations of ICQs are kind of limited to the specific use that the platform um, making them, implementing them, um, needs, uh, which makes total sense because they're very resource intensive to uh, maintain, to create as well. And because of this, um, Neutron, I think, will have a very strong advantage in that it is focusing a lot of resources and a lot of research and development into having a system for interchain queries that is easier to maintain and keep up to date with the other networks in the interchain. Um, and that is more flexible in terms of smart contract developers themselves can create new types of interchain queries 
um, without having to upgrade the whole network. So without having to upgrade a module just by upgrading smart contracts instead. So yeah, to recap, um, security is a big deal and it is likely to remain a big deal for, for a while. Intuition queries are expensive to maintain and develop, and we're focusing a lot of resources on this, which we think that will make Neutron much more composable than um, other platforms, at least in the short to medium term. And um, the communities also have like very unique identities. And so depending on what you're searching for, um, you might opt for one of these platforms, um, or you might opt to um, go into Neutron, which doesn't have um, any reputational um, history in a way um, doesn't have a very strong community that might like uh, restrict what you can build. Um, but that's that's rather a question of personal choices. So I don't I don't think Neutron will um, you know um, take the bread off of uh, these platforms' mouth. I think there is a there is enough activity for for everyone there. But we definitely intend to have Neutron as kind of like this center of the interchain and and like interoperability kind of zone at the center of everything i guess so i'd like to yeah i'd like i'd like to now talk about some of the technical bits here and, and specifically you know interchain queries we've talked about interchain accounts a little bit here on the show uh obviously we've talked about um we've talked about uh liquid staking on the on cosmos because we've had joe from from quicksilver on uh, but I, yeah, I'd like to I'd like to talk about interchain queries because this is something I'm not super familiar with, and uh, I'd like to understand like what what interchain query, queries are, how how it relates to like interchain accounts maybe also, and like how how yeah what's the what is the 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 sort of use case for this and like some examples of how one could use interchain queries. Yeah, I I I, I can answer here. Um... Um, I'm, I'm, I'll go with metaphors here, so uh, uh, don't be afraid. <laughs> um, so imagine you have two rooms with a very thick wall that like doesn't let sound through, and there is uh, like one way I don't know, one way you you can shout there like, please uh, on the other side, please transfer my token from address A to address B. That is interchain uh, account. Like basically, you can shout in the, into this uh, the tube to, to to do something, but you have no idea on like on on uh, on blockchain level layer. Or you, you like as a user, you can see, but as a blockchain that issues uh, the the transaction, you can't. What actually happens on the other side? You can transfer the orders, but you can't see the results. You can't like if there is an uh, error you can't see it if you there is like uh, not enough balance you can't see it if the transfer fails if the transfer succeeds you don't you don't know it and like that works fine when you're just a user you can as a user you can see both blockchains and see what happened actually on one side on the other side like it, it works if if you're a protocol that lives on blockchain for example a lending protocol uh, like some yield farming protocol or something like that it doesn't work because the protocol doesn't know what happens. Like it doesn't know if it still has the money to send, uh, if it uh, has went from A to B. Uh, it can act only issue the uh, like represent uh, uh, issue a, an order to like basically a ghost of the protocol on the other end of the of the tube in the other room. Uh, interchain queries is the way around that to actually understand what's happening. 
it is pretty complicated uh, because um, basically for them to work over IBC, you need to get the data, like for example, token balance from the other side, and you need a proof for this data. So for example, you have a query that uh, understands what's your balance of a like, particular token is. And that's a native uh, Cosmos SDK token, not Cosmos-based CV20 token, just like a native one, like uh, a staking, native staking token. Um, to query it, uh, you need to get uh, a Merkle tree to the uh, memory um, cell that contains a, a balance, basically. Uh, and you need that balance and the Merkle root and the proof that it's correct. So uh, if the query is something more complex, like for example, uh, listing all the delegations to a validator, for example, it's even harder. You need to uh, to uh, to have a lot of uh, memory cells for that, and you need to prove them all, and you need to recon recombine it on the like the the query side. You can't just query uh, the data. You need the row. Like the answer you need for a query, you need to query the raw data and then uh, make some operations on it. That's why interchain queries are much harder to make than interchain accounts. For interchain accounts, you need to issue a transaction and uh, pass it through the um, uh, IBC and it executes in the nat native context. For query, you need to issue like you, you, you need to combine the data in the same exact way that uh, it should it, it, it will be combined on a native chain on the other side that you know very little of. Mm. Interchain queries will be like each one, each one particular one will be uh, resource intensive to make and to maintain. That's why I think uh, like interchain accounts will be easy to implement for any chain that wants them. Interchain queries is a big burden on maintenance for a, for, for a blockchain. So I don't expect many blockchains to adopt them, actually. Only the one that actually needs them for function. And that's why I think a common place for, uh, for a blockchain that maintains them is uh, makes sense, because like that way the cost can be shared between multiple apps that need queries. One app chain that needs queries will need to maintain all of them, and that will be expensive for it. So, in order to in order for interchain queries to work, the you have to have interchain queries implemented on both the querying zone and the query zone, or simply the query no, zone. No, on 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 then the only on the querying zone. But it's very right. complex implementation, and it's like each each query is like a snowflake. So wait, the on the chain making the request or the chain receiving the request? The making one, the one that make the uh, making like, one. Uh, yeah. The one that is like they're receiving requests, it's it's not necessary like for it to know there is a query basically. Really? So how would it? Because like let let's say, um, I don't know. Let's say you're you're querying some data, uh, like like you said, you know, like active validator set for instance. Yeah. Well, if yeah. the the zone that's being queried has to be able to respond with. No, it doesn't. Um, like. Um, 
you you don't have uh, like you can query uh, uh, like IBC is a light client basically. Yeah. For light client to be able to query the validate the state of validator uh, of a of a zone, this zone doesn't need to know like on on the blockchain that the light client exists, right? Okay. It uh, it needs to provide like a Merkle root via IBC channel, and then everything else can construct it from it. Like it's uh, basically an off-chain query that is all proved and uh, uh, is moved to the interchain uh, query module in the, on blockchain. The queried zone doesn't need to know that there was a query, basically. OK. So what what kind of queries can one make here? Like, So you mentioned uh, like the active validator set, for instance. But what other kinds of queries can we make? And how, how are those useful in applications? Mm, so that's something that we're working on. Like, what, what are the useful queries? Uh, the most like the most low hanging fruits here. It's not like very clear. It's clear that balances are very interesting. Uh, Native token balances and CV20 token balances are very interesting. Uh, yeah, because CV20 then of course is... you can you can you can you can confirm that uh, say an interchain account um, transaction has gone through. So like that's very yeah, useful yeah, for, for interchain yeah. account transfers. Yes, yes. I think transaction inclusion is also very interesting. Like has transaction has been included or not? That's something that needs to be, uh, and maybe the transaction outcome, if it was an error or like a successful transaction, is probably very uh, very important. Uh, for liquid staking stuff, uh, the delegations, uh, slashings, uh, etc. Like all the staking model queries are very important. Um, I think governance can be can be needed. Um, for some applications. Uh, so knowing meta, the meta status goals, of a yeah. governance pro proposal or, or something like that. Yeah, knowing the status of the votes, uh, the status of governance proposal, stuff like that, especially for meta governance uh, platforms. Uh, now, what about making queries into smart contracts? So what all of what you're talking about here is sort of at the Cosmos SDK level um what what about making queries into contracts like you know has an address deposited into this address or like something more complex like that that's more say like um, contract specific i i don't have personally uh, like a good grab here like group good grip here how to best make it because it's uh, a level of Basically, interchain query is rebuilding the logic of the counterparty blockchain in your own blockchain. That's pretty much brittle, especially for upgradable smart contracts. When the smart contracts upgrades, uh, your query is tossed. It doesn't right. work anymore. Okay. So I think that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting point to make here again. Perhaps is that in in order for interchain queries to work one has to implement the logic of another blockchain on on their own blockchain yeah and that works fairly well when you're dealing with say something that is built with a cosm uh, a cosmos sdk module that is quite standardized and that all the all the chains sort of use and upgrade and like update accordingly but for a smart contract where you have uh custom logic um on unless unless there's like 
a very tight integration between the querying zone and the queried zone and like tight integration between that contract and the querying zone, it's going to become impossible to keep track of like all the contracts and all the logic that's happening within the contracts. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm not sure there isn't a simple solution. Like uh, we, we are talking about this. Maybe there is a way to basically instead of re-implementing the the logic, just uh, re-execute it, for example. Okay. Uh, so the the exact uh, hash of uh, of a of a Osmo code uh, can be. Uh, uh, obtained and the Cosmos code can be uploaded to re-execute if the Cosmos versions are like sort of compatible. Uh, we can emulate it, but like it's it's all very uh, like it's not it's unintelligent. So I I'm not sure what the best solution here would be. Hmm. What what's the state of the research right now? Like who's leading the the research on on interchain queries? Um, a lot of it uh, is being shared, like shared between Quicksilver and uh, the team behind Neutron as well. Okay. We are trying to integrate them to uh, Cosmos, which is not easy as well. And we look, look thinking about what would be the good uh, targets for like the low hanging fruits of uh, interesting queries. So integrating with Cosmosm would allow contracts then to make calls to other chains, uh, yes. which is less complicated than having chains make calls to contracts, as we discussed earlier. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. Quer qu the query would be a smart contract and like right. you could, could, could use queries in smart contracts. Okay. And so maybe could, could you just explain here what is the um, what's the use of crushed uh interchain queries in with the with the liquid staking use case um can, can you repeat i didn't get this sorry yeah so the you know you mentioned that interchain queries would be useful for um for for liquid staking yeah. um what, what what how would that work like where would that be useful there uh so uh, liquid staking protocol so interchain they need to basically to stake with a validator, and they need to know if that was successful or not. They Got need it. to understand if the like interchain account they ask to stake is successful or not. That's a minimum. The that like the minimal uh, functions. A lot of yeah. them, including Quicksilver's and um, uh, the the like, basically all the other ones, they also need to understand. Uh, uh, what is the current stake distribution, for example? Uh, were there any slashings or not? Uh, what are the average, like what is the commission of the of, of the validator? Uh, are they jailed, are they tombstoned? Uh, mm. the, that, that's also is pretty important for many liquid single protocols. Okay, so just to recap here, so you know we have Quicksilver, Quicksilver is its own zone. Um, when when you stake with Quicksilver, you're you're not staking your tokens. You're staking this kind of token share, like the stake and share. So that represents the stake on another on another chain. So, for instance, if you had Adam stake on um, on Cosmos Hub, you would stake the the staking share um, with Quicksilver. When you do that, Quicksilver needs to be able to query the Cosmos chain to know whether or not the tokens are actually staked. 
whether you know like the validator is jailed or is like slashed uh what the commissions are and things like that so this is like stuff that's happening this is requirements for quicksilver that it's making an interchain query over to uh to the cosmos zone yeah exactly yeah okay interesting wow this is cool like i i i hadn't like dug very deep into chain queries until now. And so like, it's really helpful to understanding like how useful it is. And so it, it, is interchain queries due to be, is this something that you think will be generalized in, um, in the Cosmos SDK or is this something that is going to be like kind of chain specific? Um, it's hard to say now. Um, it's uh, like, in favor of uh, generalizing them is that like they are pretty useful uh, against them that are not they are not useful for everything basically they are useful for for some chains that like make interchain protocols which is not all of them not like not all Cosmos SDK based chains need to make interchain protocols a lot of them are like self-contained mostly and uh, uh, that's one side of it. The other is uh, it's uh, it's complicated and brittle tech that requires maintenance, and not everyone wants it. If that's so your, basically you're, you're, I don't know if for the other guys if, if it's the same, but you're kind of cutting in and out. Can, I think yeah, I can hear you now. Um, but it's sort of like it's sort of chopping in and out. Okay, so it's it's complicated tech that would probably uh, that is not needed for every chain, but is need for many. So like it's not clear where it falls. Mm, okay, and in that case, it would be it would be a Cosmos uh, Cosmos SDK module that one would you know include yeah. in, in their app. Okay, interesting. Um, cool. And, um, so yeah, let, let's maybe, let's maybe talk about in, interchain, uh, accounts a little bit. Um, you know, I think maybe for our listeners, it's just helpful to sort of remind everyone like how interchain accounts works and how useful interchain accounts will be for like for new, for, for neutron and like cosmosm chains in general. Yeah. By the way, we're um, like, as you mentioned, like all of these um, like interesting queries, interesting accounts are actually quite difficult to wrap your head around, especially when you don't have a developer background. So we're in the process of making um, explainer threads about all of these and how Neutron will um, leverage um, these technologies. And so we have one plan for ICA. Um, which should be released shortly. So if that's of interest to to your listeners, I think that's something that's uh, valuable to uh, to to stay tuned to. Uh, and it's available uh, on Neutron's Twitter, Neutron uh, underscore org. Yeah, we'll link to those threads uh, in the show notes. I, I saw a few of them that you did; they were really good. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, and so interchain accounts is um, essentially a technology that. Um, I think there are two very interesting things to discuss about interesting accounts. The first one is like, why is why does it exist? And the second one is um, how how it works. Um, 
in a ideal future, interchain accounts will not be uh, required anymore. And the reason for that is that um, there is actually more efficient ways than interchain accounts to do cross-chain operations. And that is to have kind of like a standardized way of doing certain activities and certain applications across the ecosystem. The thing is, if you standardize a bad process, then that's really bad for the whole ecosystem. So making new standards is costly. It involves a lot of work, a lot of uh, research, and so it progresses very, very slowly. So new standards are made very, very slowly. Um, so in the meantime, while the interchain doesn't have standards for every possible um, application on the interchain, we need um, um, kind of a fallback mechanism that allows um, transactions on one blockchain to be executed on another. And so how interchain works is that uh, interchain account sorry work is that you have a module the interchain account module um, on both of the interchain account um, zones so like the, the the zone where the user or the smart contract is trying to do something and then the zone which is giving an order um, the zone where the transaction is ex executed is called the host zone because it receives a transaction and the zone which is trying to do something on the other zone is called the controller zone because it's giving an order and so at a, from a very, very high overview, um, it's basically a technology that allows you to write a transaction um, in a way that the other blockchain can understand. And this transaction cannot be executed on your own blockchain, but you can package it um, in such a way that it is um, sent via IBC to the interchain accounts module of the host chain, so the receiving chain, where it is unpackaged and executed as a normal transaction. And so that means we don't need an interchain standard for every type of action that this transaction could be um, requiring. Instead, we just like make the transaction as if it was from the receiving blockchain and we send it there to be executed, basically. Hmm. So, so you know, on, on each chain, there's the interchain accounts module. Uh, you 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 send the transaction uh, to uh, to this module, then it gets sent as an IBC packet, and then over on the other chain, there's also an interchain accounts module that is able to take that that transaction, unpack it, and then like execute it there. Whether it's like sending tokens or interacting with a DeFi protocol or like interacting with governance or staking. Yeah. Um, and what what the, what this allows essentially is you say like okay I've got I don't know atoms over on osmosis if I want to be able to you know interact with any staking or governance modules while I'm on osmosis well I don't have to move those tokens back into the cosmos hub in order to do that I can just do that from osmosis or from whatever chain my tokens are on it is single point to manage and interact uh, your tokens in another uh, zone which support interchain account. Right. Oh, sorry. So, so it's the, it would be the other way around then. So if you if if you have uh, if you have atoms say on osmosis, you'd be able to control those atoms by either staking them or interacting with governance from uh, from the Cosmos uh, hub. Yeah. So, for example. Um... Like if you were on Neutron, like let's say Neutron and Osmosis enable um, interchain accounts, 
um, then you could control your tokens on Osmosis from Neutron. So you could, for example, provide them um, to a liquidity pool or bond them in superfluid staking. Mm -hmm. And if um, if Osmosis decides to be both a host and a controller, then you could also, um, I mean, if, if it decides to also be a controller, then you could also manage your tokens on Neutron from Osmosis. So... I don't know if there's, um, for example, DAO toolings or an interesting DAO on Neutron and you're on Osmosis, perhaps using exchange accounts, you could um, actually like put some tokens in the treasury or vote on Neutron from Osmosis. But just like interchange queries, although it's not that bad, like it's not as bad as interchange query, not as brittle, um, it's still, it is still a way of taking the logic of the other zone, like the, the target zone, into account to build the system, basically. And so that, that's why it's not like the end game of interchain. It's not the, um, the ideal solution to every interoperability problem. It's more of a transitioning um, system that in, like, as we wait for interchain standards to be created. Very cool. Um... Let's let's talk a little bit more about about uh, about Neutron. I'd like to come back here and uh, you know understand what what types of like what are going to be the priorities. Perhaps not on the technical side because you know we know what you guys are building there and like the sort of technologies that you'd like to have built on Neutron from the beginning or at least on the roadmap. But from from a sort of business development side of things, you know what types of uh, projects do you anticipate will be launching there sort of early on as Neutron launches? And, um, you know, what kinds of things would you be encouraging people built there? Okay, let's so, start from our business side. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think the, the goal here is to have um, sort of at least a basic... Um, DeFi ecosystem very soon after launch. So that includes stuff like DEXs, wallets, perhaps a money market, but like at least the basic um, parts of the ecosystem. But then um, for Neutron, what like the, 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 the idea here is to perhaps have like a lot of interchain services. So for example, uh, interchain DAO tooling, name services, um, different types of uh, wallets and way to manage your assets. Like what's interesting about all this IBC tech is that you can potentially create stuff like Argent Wallet, um, which is basically a wallet that is a smart contract and that allows you to um, to have very different um, security parameters and very different UX um, with your wallet. So the idea is to have a basic um, DeFi ecosystem from launch and to expand as quickly as possible um, thereafter and with a like special focus on um, innovative products that bring a different type of um, functionality to the interchain, basically. I think that what makes Neutron very interesting is that it's, it's really focused on um, implementing the, interop um, the interoperability of uh, the interchain. Sorry for the, for the pronunciation there. But yeah, we're basically focused on making different chains work together and that opens up a lot of like possibilities in terms of like smart contract design. But you believe that LIDA can become one of uh, the first customers, but if you are developing a good application and you are looking for zone, come 
this zone is uh, open for everyone. I also read uh, here in, in the proposal that a you know, majority of gas fees will go to uh, to developer DAO. Is, is, is that a is that a sort of similar to what Atmos is doing, where the parts of the fees, uh, the transaction fees, are going to the smart contract developer, uh, or, or is it something different? Uh, are you referring to the 25% in the proposal? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So actually, you know, that's uh, to pay for interchain security. So um, Cosmos Hub validators provide an additional service by securing another chain, setting up a node on Neutron and securing it. And so they have to have an incentive uh, for why to do that extra work. And so the proposed incentive uh, from the proposal is that 25% of the transaction fees on Neutron would uh, would go to uh, validators and stakers of the Cosmos Hub. Um, it's an interesting design because it aligns the interests pretty well. So if Neutron becomes a very um, like a blooming DeFi ecosystem and transaction volume pickup, then the hub benefits from that. It has upside in Neutron basically, um, and and so Neutron drives fees to the Cosmos Hub. Um, increasing its revenue that itself provides value to Atom, which if it increases value, provides more security to Neutron. And so you have this kind of like feedback loop that's pretty interesting. So I think this mechanism is definitely interesting. Like the one that was proposed. Cool. Um, yeah, so regarding, regarding um, you know, the roadmap here, like, when this plan, when is this plan to launch? Can you tell us a bit more about about that and uh, what the plans are for like the next quarter or two? Yeah, it is our goals, but we intend to ship it soon after interchain uh, security because uh, we are dependent on where after this. So, so right now you're waiting on interchain security to uh, to be available on the hub, and then once it's available, then you can yeah. launch. And all the other dependencies yeah. are also ready. So, like interchain queries and all that, all that no, stuff is no, also no, not really. Uh, we just think that the interchain security on the hub is uh, like the the largest block here. We didn't have uh, a testnet yet. Uh, we've got. Um, mm, uh, some queries working, but maybe not all the one we all the ones we want uh, from the start. That's something we want to uh, determine. And the um, the glue between Cosmosm and interchain queries and interchain accounts is not as solid as you would want it. Like it's uh, under polished. Um, but we have like most of the stuff already. Uh, sort of walking. <laughs> so we think that uh, the interesting security on the hub is actually like will be uh, the, the last blocker. Yeah, I, I guess the the last other thing that could also like change the, the timeline a bit is audits. Audits are notably backlogged. And so auditors are notably backlogged. And so um, we're, we're looking to schedule an audit for a Neutron um, as soon as reasonable. Um, but then if they're completely booked, we might want to still get an audit before we go live. So that could be 
a potential problem, but as as my colleagues have said, we're we're aiming to launch soon after interchain security. Hmm. So just kind of taking taking a step back here, um, you know, the, the the Cosmos ecosystem, you know, really started out with this idea of app specific chains or ecosystem chains, and I think a lot of folks like really latched onto that idea because it um, it was so different from you know like the thesis of Ethereum where everything needs to be on one chain and like the issues we saw with scalability there. And actually it's interesting to see now that the EVM ecosystem is also becoming sort of more application or ecosystem specific with all of these EVMs that are launching. Uh, but, but within the, within the Cosmos ecosystem, you know, help us understand <clears throat> what, what will, what will app specific chains be leveraged for and where will it be useful to launch a smart contract? Um, and like as a developer, how does one sort of reason about should I launch an application specific chain or should I be launching a smart contract? And, you know, notwithstanding then having to make the choice about which platform to build it on. But, you know, how should we be thinking about this as a, you know, as a community and like as people building in the space? So I think one thing that is um, pretty pretty interesting about the, the Cosmos model is that um, it's not only pushing for this horizontal scaling, app chains, like um, apps, like app chains, so like chains that are designed to optimize for one thing. It's also like building the tools to make them work together. And like Neutron intends to be kind of the glue between all of these different app chains because for example, you could have your control center in in a way on Neutron, but then still interact with um, basically the best uh, protocols you can find. And so, if that happens to be, for example, Osmosis, because they've built a very solid Dex, then you can um, have from your control center interact with Osmosis, but without having to manually bridge between zones, you can do more and more over um, IBC and the different standards on top of it. And so um, this is still something that is like progressing. I don't think, as I mentioned before, we've seen the kind of like the end state of um, the interchain yet, but we're getting to a zone to a period of time where um, there's a fair amount of composability that, that is becoming available. And so um, like, I think this is where the interchain is going to actually start really shining because the the model is becoming viable because all its premises are have been built basically, like all, or at least um, have started being built. And so now that we have all of these things together, um, it kind of like changes changes the game and it makes the horizontal paradigm much more viable, kind of. Yeah, I think that I think that's about right. I, I think that the primitives, um, you know, like Cosmos Hub has been out for now, you know, almost three years, um, or or maybe it's maybe it's more than three years, like twenty nineteen something. I can't remember the exact month that they launched, but uh, I feel like you know the the primitives are taking a long time to build because they're really hard to build. Um, but once the primitives are there. It's really like we we have the building blocks to to create like this new type of infrastructure um, that's going to be much more versatile and 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 much more flexible 
than some of these other ecosystems. And you know, one of the ways I talk about this sometimes is this like cathedral versus the bazaar uh, sort of, um, you know, so, sort of a, a analogy and where at some point, like at some point, I think things will standardize and structure, but at least as we're still figuring out what this technology is useful for and like how people use it, it's, I, I feel that it's much better to have a, a much more, you know, kind of messy uh, approach to building where <clears throat> things are not super clear and maybe like it, it, it's not super obvious whether you should be building application specific chains or building Cosmosm contracts or building on this chain or on that chain. Um, but, you know, network effects will sort of figure that will, will sort of help figure that out over time. And, um, and in the end, we'll have something that's you know probably like very robust and uh, and, um, you know, like. Um, it has like the strength to with to to withstand like black swan events and things like that. Yeah, I, I have a bit different answer to the original question of uh, what's an up chain and what's a smart contract. Go for um, it. Yeah, one thing is uh, smart contract development is like ten ten times faster than up chain development. Uh, even on a, an SDK as good as Cosmos SDK, it's still about 30 times that many code basically to make a similar thing. Not everything can be made on a smart contract layer. And it's not always the best place to make a protocol, but it's faster. If you want to ship faster, uh, you you want it uh, yeah you you'll want it the parts of what you do on smart contract layer because it's just like easier to build. The good comparison here is like game engine and game scripting. Uh, a complex, uh, com basically most complex games have low level stuff written in the game engine that is reusable, and a lot of uh, like game logic is is written in simple scripts that run over that. That's, I think, the the model for uh, for blockchains as well, because like you want some things to be super efficient or uh, have special capabilities on like on the well low level. But a lot of things you want to code like as fast as possible, uh, given the quality requirements and stuff. So like that's one thing. Um, Upchains can have smart contracts layers, uh, but it makes sense uh, like to have an all smart, con uh, smart, smart contract layer chains. The other thing is that upchains are expensive uh, in terms of validation. Cosmos pays uh, like many millions per, per year for to validators. Uh, upchains pay, pay millions per year to validators. Uh, that will change a bit with interchain security and further with the osmosis and rollups, but it's still expensive to have your own uh, chain in in development, in maintenance, in uh, validation. It's all expensive. Not every project uh, can not not every project can, can pay for it. Basically, um, the third third thing here is. Uh, um, that not every uh, 
not every project wants to be uh, sovereign. Governance is not always a feature. Uh, a lot of stuff we see in Ethereum land is very purposefully governance minimizing. They like protocols like Uniswap don't want their own chain. Basically, they want to be uh, super constrained that they can't, whatever happened, they can't steal the user money. Uh, like Osmosis governance can steal the user money. Uh, Uniswap governance can't do it. It can only like turn on or turn off a fee. That's it, uh, which is pretty small. Uh, MakerDAO makes a lot of uh, like of the parts of immutable code that they have, and the governance has no control over. Uh, so that will be true about many applications in Cosmos land that not all of them want to be sovereign and have ultimate power over years of hands. That's not always desirable. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for making that super clear. Like, uh, I think, I think that pretty much hits nail on the head. I, I want to ask the, we're just as a side note here, uh, governance, you said governance and osmosis can steal user money. Um, are you referring to sort of something similar to what happened in, in Juno, or are you talking about like another another governance mechanism specific to, to Osmosis? Um, I'm talking about like uh, Atom on Osmosis is transferred to IBC, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Osmosis governance, uh, like in, in, in uh, can make a fork of uh, Osmosis that will have this all money in like some malicious account that will transfer it back and sell on exchanges. Right. Okay. I mean, it, so so th this is my thing with, with this is uh, like my point of contention with with Cosmos governance is um, in the end you still need to have validators run the binary. So you know. There, it could be that a governance proposal would pass to do such a thing. Um, it could even have a binary attached to it, but in the end, it's up to the the, the validators can sort of block it by. No, I mean this is the stakers. Uh, if they don't want like the current validators to do it, like they will stake the validators that will do it. Oh, okay. Ultimate yeah. power with stakers, right? So, like, uh, it's it's not practical. I I'm not saying that this is practical. Like, it's a thing that will happen to like sure, can yeah. happen tomorrow. It it can't because currently, uh, the the stakes validators that will probably not execute anything like this unless there is a good explanation why it needs to be done. And like, I don't know, uh, no regulatory stuff, something like that, or uh, like uh, uh, reversing a hack or something like that. Um. Uh, but uh, uh, it's like three weeks to restake to validators who uh, can be like in, in the in this cartel potential. It's not yeah, going yeah. to happen like that. But the like the can it happen in theory? Yes. Can it happen in theory with the uh, with uh, Uniswap? It can't. Like Uniswap can't do this. Hmm. And uh, yeah, maybe just. Final question here because it was asked twice is um, one token. <laughs> Will there be a token? 
And, uh, you know, do you think that Neutron will have any impact on Atom, whether on the price or, or, or any other uh, metric? It is, it is important part um, this product, but uh, we understood it's very, very important uh, things. And uh, now we are working on this and we plan to present uh, uh, maybe a few weeks later. So, so no clear answer right now on whether or not there's a token. Um, I think we will have token, but uh, it's so difficult question how it will be distributed uh, and another things about token now. But okay. we will present it. Uh, we understood it's very very important. <laughs> People yeah. want to know if there's a token. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So at least half the questions answered is that there will be a token. So, we just don't know. Yeah, we, we can say that we are definitely considering a token. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, I hope that satisfies uh, people who ask that question. All right. Well, guys, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on. This has been really enlightening, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Neutron go live and seeing like what kind of cool applications people are going to build there and what it will mean like long term for the for the hub and for the broader Cosmos ecosystem. Um, and also, uh, yeah, I want to thank you again for sponsoring Nebular Summit. I look forward to seeing you guys there. Who's, who's coming, by the way? I know, Vasily, you're coming. You're also coming. And, I will try. Uh, Alex will try. OK, well, there's a ticket yeah, for it if you want. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, it's in less than two weeks, and there's so much to do. <laughs> so, <Hi. yeah. laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks for coming. And uh, if you enjoy this content, if you enjoy this content, uh, please consider subscribing. And also, please consider staking uh, to Interop Ventures. Currently, we are uh, live on the active set on the Evmos network, and you'll find a link to that down in the show notes. Until next time. Thank you.